Bert Cohen here. We are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. So yes, there's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy. That people don't feel that they can do very much. You know what this is? This is a very Hamiltonian system. Alexander Hamilton being the guy here in a very un-Jeffersonian. In the case of the Republicans, it's dramatically the opposite. Uh, But even in the case of the Democrats. An absolute typhoon of terror against African Americans themselves. America's fascists are those people who think that Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. We're only seen as a financial sector that's uh, gotten out of hand. The shooting, the violence, that is not the drug problem. That is, in fact, the drug policy problem. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. I recognize that voice. That was a competent president back when we had competent presidents. He uh, he messed up a few times. There was this little thing called Vietnam. But he also genuinely cared about what was happening in America, what was happening domestically, and uh, did a lot of good things. We have a very, very different president now. Unbelievable. You know, just the, the, the impulsiveness is very, very dangerous. Is he thinking about what comes next after things like the uh, missile attack on Syria? I, I just, I wonder, and I fear. You know, I have to say, I really do fear. I, I grew up in the 50s when we had, uh, you know, the Cold War and duck and cover, but man, oh man, there's Syria and North Korea. Mm, it's a little bit, no, it's a lot scary. It really is. No one who saw the pictures can forget the images of innocent people, including babies, suffering terribly and dying, apparently, from the use of sarin gas in Syria. It is assumed that President Assad's forces were responsible for that. Did Russia help them do this or cover it up? Were they aware of it? What can the U.S. realistically do? We have to do something. We, and President Trump did do something. He shot 59 Tomahawk missiles at a target in Syria. What, if anything, did that accomplish? Are there better options? We're going to talk about that today. Our guest is Stephen Zunes. Thanks for being with us from the left coast. Good to be with you. Stephen Zunes has written on the subject for Yes Magazine. That's Yes with a exclamation point, Yes Magazine, and elsewhere. Zunes is a leading scholar of U.S. Middle East policy and of strategic nonviolent action. He is professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco and coordinator of the program in Middle Eastern Studies. He serves as senior policy analyst for the Foreign Policy in Focus Project of the Institute for Policy Studies, a great organization. Wow. Do you think, was this a one-off attack, do you think, or might this be the start of a larger operation? Do you think, did, did Trump talk to his, his, you know, military people, the State Department people? Does he know what the heck he's doing? What, what is your impression? Might this be a one-off attack or the start of a larger operation, or do we basically have no idea? It's hard to say, uh, and I don't think um, uh, the White House knows either. <laughs> Part of the dilemma, of course, is that if you um, 
continue to attack the strategic assets of the Assad regime, uh, it is an advantage to the rebels. And though Assad is uh, bad news, I, uh, my strong impression is that most uh, Syrians would like to see him go. Uh, the fact is, is that uh, though most Syrians would also presumably like to have a, a more a, a democratic and uh, progressive kind of governance, the fact is that most of the people who have guns right now uh, that are fighting the regime are hardline Islamists of uh, various uh, 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 takes, and uh, it, it risks an even uh, a worse government coming to power as well as continued civil war, since the various factions would presumably continue fighting each other anyway. So, um, it, it, it would, it, so that, that would uh, argue against the United States uh, upping its uh, military activity. At the same time, uh, President Trump has found that uh, for the first time in his presidency, He's getting a lot of kudos from the press and from the pundits, and uh, he may see a political advantage in, in continuing uh, this kind of military posturing. Yeah, there was one uh, pundit who said Trump became president that night, and that just amazes me. Yeah, it, it, it is rather disturbing how such a military action, uh, even one of uh, rather uh, dubious efficacy, not to mention uh, legality, oh, yeah. uh, would you know, suddenly uh, make somebody presidential. It, it's also important to, to, to uh, remind people that the United States has actually been bombing uh, Syria since 2014. Uh, what makes this strike uh, different is that it was the first time the United States had uh, deliberately and directly targeted the Syrian government. But uh, we have been uh, bombing uh, uh, ISIS and other hardline Islamist uh, groups uh, for three years now. Wow. In fact, uh, we've hmm. probably dropped about 8,000 bombs on Syria. And uh, despite all the um, uh, all the talk about uh, you know, Trump's supposed uh, concern about Syrian children and the like, since Trump came to office, uh, U.S. bombing has killed an estimated 1,000 civilians uh, in uh, bombing attacks against uh, Islamist uh, militia in uh, both uh, Iraq and Syria, uh, including uh, 60 people worshipping in a mosque not far from the site of the uh, chemical weapons attack, and as many as 300 in a, 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 a series of strikes on uh, West Mosul in Iraq. Weren't, wait a minute, weren't those people that were... What about that mosque? Were they not ISIS people? Were, were, or, or, well, uh, they actually, who were they? They were of a, another um, you know, hardline Islamist faction. And it was a mosque that uh, was run by these hardline Islamists, but most of the people killed were just uh, uh -huh. people in the town, or normal, normal worshippers. Oh, my. So who, how, how does... How does that get decided? And so, th th who who bombed them? The the the, the Assad regime or, or the U.S.? Yeah, the the, the mosque was or the mosque uh, right. incident I was referring to was was uh, U.S. forces. Huh. Interesting. But, how we didn't hear as much about. It. I mean, it was in the news, but it was kind of buried in the back pages, and uh, it it um, 
And then I, and I think, you know, it, there is something uh, qualitatively worse about uh, chemical weapons, right. to be sure. But, um, again, in, in, in the wholesale carnage of this conflict, most of which has been, has been uh, the fault of the uh, Syrian regime, but quite a bit of it has been uh, from various rebel factions, and, and, and as air, U.S. air power increases uh, in, in the area, uh, some of it has been in the hands of the United States as well. And so, you know, my my concern is that uh, you know, while the um, the Syrian government is indeed really bad news, yeah. uh, that the use of chemical uh, weapons is a serious war crime, yes. and you know, uh, the the bombing of an air base is certainly not the worst uh, thing that the uh, um, United States can do in terms of its uh, military uh, prowess. Uh, the, the fact is, is that uh, you know, the U.S. Is, uh, by increasing our militarization and involvement in the conflict, along with all these other countries that are making it a proxy war, we're just adding fuel to the fire. Uh, unlike Iraq, Syria is not primarily uh, the fault of the United States, uh, but uh, I, I really don't think that uh, uh, further U.S. military involvement is going to make things any better. In fact, I think it's going to make things worse. We are talking to Stephen Zunes, a uh, professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco, who has written about uh, Middle East policies, a scholar of Middle East policy. We're talking about uh, uh, Syria, uh, the the fireworks uh, that went on in uh, early April. Uh, it, it sure helped uh, President Trump feel better, and a lot of Democrats actually uh, supported that. And uh, be curious to see uh, how it affects his numbers uh, over the long term. But the people on the ground there in Syria, they, you know, it's like I remember uh, uh, during the 1970s, there was a secret war that the U.S. was conducting in Cambodia, a secret war. Well, it was not a secret from the people of Cambodia. You know, <laughs> and, and, and here the people of, of Syria recognize that, uh, you know, many, many different sides are doing the killing. Just so much to talk about here. Do we know for sure that it was Assad's forces that dropped the sarin gas? Is it at all possible that there was a, a, a storehouse? I mean, my understanding is that some of the rebel forces, and there's a lot of different groups within the rebel forces, have used gas in the past. Do we know for sure that it was Assad that did the uh, yeah. the gas attack? Uh, we're not 100 percent sure. Uh, the the organization for the venture of chemical weapons does have do, do, do have teams on the ground, and um, they should come out with at least uh, preliminary results uh, fairly soon. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, the circumstantial evidence is pretty strong that it was indeed the, uh, the Syrian uh, government. Uh-huh. All the eyewitness uh, accounts say that there. Uh, the uh, it came from um, bombs from the air, uh, which are um, and again, you know, the Syrians are the only one with an air force in that part of the country. Yes, uh, you know, there there has been uh, uh, there one theory that the Russians and has been putting forward is that they bombed a warehouse uh, that had uh, sarin gas in it. Uh, the, the problem with that uh, theory is that. Uh, while some rebel groups have been known to have chlorine gas, and uh, ISIS uh, uh, apparently has had get, has access to has had access to some mustard gas, um, uh, none of the rebel groups have sh- shown any evidence that they had sarin, uh, which is a, a fairly complicated and stable um, uh, 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 element. Uh, they indeed, it's usually. Uh, 
put together using uh, a binary method, meaning that you have the, you know, a combination of two ingredients that uh-huh. come together in an enclosed uh, space, uh, as in a, in a bomb, uh, which creates the aerosol, which can spread over a large area and kill a lot of people. And if you had a warehouse uh, with those um, with those uh, you know agents, mm-hmm. um, generally you don't put them together uh, unless you are just about to uh, use uh, them, uh, uh, and you wouldn't even store them close together. Uh, one of them is actually quite flammable, so if a bomb hit it, there'd be a, a huge fireball, and there was uh, no indication of uh, that. And uh, the, the idea that they would somehow uh, miraculously uh, mix uh, together in just the right combination, you know, to 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 spread the aerosol in the way uh, that uh, this uh, that it was apparently um, uh, uh, yeah. happened in that 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 uh, uh, town and it strains strains credulity, uh, frankly. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm reasonably certain uh, that it was indeed the uh, you know, Syrian regime. At the same time, you know, we've been lied to so much um, about, uh, you know, to justify U.S. military intervention. You know, I I understand why, um, you know, people can be can be skeptical, but uh, in this particular case, I think the the charge against the Syrian uh, regime uh, is. it sticks. It's valid. I mean, they used sarin gas before, back mm. in Ghouta in uh, 2013. Uh, they have, um, uh, you know, committed uh, all sorts of uh, incredible atrocities against civilian populations in crowded urban areas. Uh, it's um, they. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, it's safe to assume yeah. that. But again, uh, that doesn't mean that the uh, United States has a right to uh, enter the war and bomb Syrian uh, air bases or do anything like that. I think certainly uh, not without um, uh, author uh, a, a more definitive. Right. Uh, <clears throat> well, that, that that whole legality argument. And clearly, I don't think there's any question. It was absolutely not legal because. Of course not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're only, only uh, le- uh, legally according to the United Nations Charter, right. which is a signed and ratified treaty that, under Article Six of the U.S. Constitution, should be treated as supreme law. Uh, it makes it very clear that the only legitimate use of uh, military force is uh, in in the case of a direct attack, uh, and, and of course that would, that would also include uh, formal military alliances, uh, or uh, specific authorization by the United Nations Security Council. Uh, neither of these um, uh, uh, are the case here. So uh, legally speaking, this was a clear act of aggression. Similarly, uh, the, this uh, when, when you're about to, when you're going to make war on a foreign country like this, and uh, uh, you know, you generally <laughs> it's assumed that you go to Congress. I mean, if you look at the Constitution, well. uh, and indeed Pre- President uh, Obama, uh, following the uh, first major sarin attack uh, back in 2013, um, as a constitutional lawyer, knew he had to go to Congress. Uh, there was a lot of opposition to that, not just from the anti-war left, but right. very few Republicans who were, had the majority in, in, in Congress uh, did not want to give him that authorization. Uh, that gave time for this uh, deal, which supposedly uh, mm. to a diplomatic uh, you know, solution that got rid of those weapons. But uh, the, it's ironic that you're having uh, uh, Trump and the Republicans, you know, saying, "Oh, uh, Obama was weak and Trump was right. strong," when in fact it was the Republicans who blocked Obama from going to war, and 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 similarly, Trump himself uh, argued yes. very strongly at that time that the United States should not bomb Syria, and he specifically said if Obama went ahead and bombed Syria without congressional authorization, it would be a big mistake. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, he just turns on a dime. The impulsiveness is just breathtaking, really. I mean, there's no... And it's pretty scary when you have somebody who's commander-in-chief of the world's largest armed forces and has his finger on the nuclear trigger. Absolutely. Although, I will say, I have a friend who used to work uh, with regard to nuclear missiles. Uh, He was one of those people who would have had to really push the button. He says that a lot of those people there uh, are, are a little bit more careful that they they recognize if you know if, if the leader dr strangelove goes mad you know you, mm-hmm. they're hopefully are, but it's still exceedingly exceedingly mm-hmm. dangerous to have somebody this impulsive this incredibly immature uh and and defense secretary uh, mattis and others in government described the missile attacks on syria as quote a measured response and you know the cruise missiles, which each of which cost about a million and a half dollars. There were fifty-nine shot, uh, fifty-nine uh, missiles shot at the target in Syria. They exist to attack specific targets. I wonder if this was a reasonable use for that. And and what was known about the damage done? I mean, I understand the very next day, uh, Assad's forces were using that bombed airstrip. What the heck? Yes. Yeah. I mean, again, that, here's the other uh, uh, other question. I'm mean, even putting aside the. Um uh, you know, legality uh, issue, right. even, even putting aside uh, the um, um, the hypocrisy and, and uh, uh, double standards uh, of, of the U.S. Uh, and, yeah. and regarding uh, human rights and, and chemical weapons and war crimes and everything else, uh, I I'd be willing to be to support something like this if if I if I really thought it would ease the suffering of the Syrian people. But uh, there's no evidence whatsoever that, it, that that this is the case. I mean, again, this is a single air base. The uh, Syrians have uh, have uh, had a number of their air bases uh, captured or severely damaged in the case uh, in the course of the civil war by opposition forces. They have lost close to 150,000 uh, troops in the course of the war and and uh-huh. untold uh, military assets. I really don't think this particular attack is going to make that big a difference uh, in terms of their um Capability to uh, continue to kill kill civilians either by um, the use of uh, chemical weapons or more. Um, yeah, it, it really. Um, I, I really, I really don't quite see what the efficacy of this uh, kind of uh, airstrike could could be. I think it's more of a, a matter of catharsis uh, mm-hmm. or, and, and, and politics yeah. than anything uh, that could be measured uh, in a strategic manner. Gosh, I, who would ever think, you know, doing something uh, in terms of a war to uh, cover up uh, politics, to distract? What a concept. I've never heard any. I mean, as Andy Borowitz uh, put it, uh, that uh, you know, uh, cruise missiles can distract the uh, right. media with 10-point accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they did that. No, 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 no. Look at all the things we have not been uh, we've not right. been talking about this past week. Right. You know, in terms of the uh, uh, you know, the, the, the way he was going, it was able to uh, you know, push through a far right wing uh, jurist to, to the Supreme Court. Uh, right, far uh, right. Yes. The uh, a traditional three fifths of majority. Uh, the, uh, the some the uh, the encroaching scandals on a whole number of of uh, of issues and. Uh, including uh, uh, ties to Russia, which have now sunk yeah. record uh, debt, so people aren't uh, talking about that much anymore. And not to mention the the, the uh, uh, decimation of so many uh, important uh, programs and uh, these executive yeah. orders. I mean, this stuff is still going on, but instead, you know, we're we're we're, we're talking about uh, um, Syria, at least when we're not uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, United Airlines or or, or Pepsi. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, but that's all true, and it's all, you know, instant public relations and, uh, you know, what's in the 24-hour news cycle. But there is a a little more from that. And when we talked about, you know, the first question was, is this a one-off attack or the start of a larger operation? Can it be a one-off attack? I mean, how possible is it? I I, I have no clue. I mean, if if it's... I, you know, if it would be, uh, if it is, um, it's not a one-off attack. If we do uh, continue uh, such uh, airstrikes, of course, it raises the specter of a, a direct confrontation right. uh, with uh, Russia, mm. in that they mm. uh, um, you know, have uh, a personnel uh, in close proximity uh, to uh, uh, Syrian uh, forces and various uh, Syrian uh, military in- installations. But we also have the, have the fact that we are continuing to bomb. Uh, uh, ISIS and and other hardline Islamists, and so in other words, we would be uh, the United States would be bombing both <laughs> uh, both sides in the, in the civil war. Uh, in fact, just uh, just today, uh, the United States and and uh, what they thought was uh, bombing ISIS targets ended up uh, killing eighteen. Um, uh, militiamen uh, from the uh, Syrian Democratic Forces, which is a Oops. group that the U.S. is uh, actually uh, supporting. Uh, and again, this this this, um, this again, I think all this underscores sort of the uh, the 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 madness of the whole situation uh, that. Um, this idea that somehow you know bringing in uh, more bombs and more uh, military involvement uh, in this very uh, com- complex uh, multi-sided conflict yeah. is somehow going to make things better. Well, how I wonder how it can do that. I mean, let's look at who the rebels are. I mean, I've I, there's lots of different rebel forces, and one of the uh, reasons for opposition to bombing back in 2013, when when Obama considered bombing Syria, was that there were who's where you know if we and and we are i want to find out more about this sending in weapons to the various rebel forces some of which i understand are going pretty much directly to isis uh you know who who are these rebel groups is there any kind of coordination it, 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 it it's evolved i mean the initial uprising against uh, Assad back in 2011 right. uh, was uh, overwhelmingly nonviolent. It was uh, uh, incredibly diverse in terms of the various uh, ethnic and religious uh, 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 communities. Uh, it was you know, progressive, pro-democracy, uh, but the uh, Assad regime uh, cracked down uh, in, a, in a very savage manner uh, to the point where you started to get uh, Syrian uh, military and police to defect, and some mm. brought their guns. And they formed a, a group called the, uh, the Free Syrian Army. Unfortunately, it never was really an army. Uh, within months, there were literally over a thousand separate militia <laughs> wow. under the FSA uh, umbrella. Uh, you know, some of them were, uh, you could argue, would be uh, were you know pro pro democracy, and and some were even leftist. But uh, a lot of them uh, ended up uh, being increasingly influenced by. Um, uh, hardline Islamist ideologies. Meanwhile, you had the Gulf states, uh, such as uh, Saudi Arabia and, and yeah. Qatar, and 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 to, and and and, uh, and, and and Turkey coming in and uh, and supporting some some very hardline Islamist groups. And then uh, Al Qaeda's affiliate uh, became a, a major player as well. Uh, reluctantly, uh, the United States started to send some arms to what it considered to be uh, moderate uh, rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, many of these uh, groups uh, either ended up being not so moderate, or they ended up uh, 
losing, uh, having their weapons uh, right. taken by uh, hardline uh, Islamist groups. Uh, and at one point, you had uh, a Pentagon back faction actually fighting a CIA back faction. No. <laughs> um, it, it became a real mess. And, and, and to Obama's credit, he, uh, despite a lot of pressure, you know, from uh, you know both Republicans and from hawkish Democrats like Hillary Clinton to increase the U.S. role, he he realized it was probably not a good idea. And so, um, you know, and, and later on, he uh, they, they 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 we sort of support some groups in the South. Uh, but the, the position was only if they're willing to fight ISIS, uh, not the Assad regime. Uh, but uh, it was hard to find the people who were willing to agree to that, since uh, by this time Assad had slaughtered uh, you know, so many tens of thousands of people that uh, um, it, it, that uh, that was difficult. Except for the north, where you had uh, the the YPG, uh, which was a Kurdish group, which ironically was allied to the uh, PKK, which the United States sees as a terrorist group. Uh, but you know they they were originally a Marxist-Leninist uh, organization, mm-hmm. uh, though uh, believe it or not, their uh, um, their 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 jailed leader Ocalan, after reading Murray Bookchin, actually mm-hmm. decided to go in a different direction to a more decentralist socialist model. Um, but uh, the um, you know they so the U.S. students supported them in their battles with the. Uh, um, with ISIS, yeah. and and then help form a broader coalition, including some uh, um, uh, uh, Syriac Christians and, uh, and, uh, uh, and and Arabs and Syrian Arabs and others uh, to come together to form a group called the Syrian Democratic uh, Front. Which is what's really bizarre about this is this has gotten support of everyone from um, uh, from uh, various uh, Western anarchists who see this as sort of the uh, new Catalonia. Uh, <laughs> and, and struggle, but it also has the support of, of, of the U.S. government and even some crazies like Oliver North. So um, they're a little hard to pin down ideologically at this point, but that's the only group the United States is actively supporting at this point, and they are only uh, uh, focused on uh, on fighting ISIS. Wow, you know, you, we've heard uh, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. Even with a scorecard, this is really a mess. Oh, my God, it's really a mess. If you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. I'm pleased to be talking to Stephen Zunes, a, uh, a professor of politics and international studies at the University of San Francisco. Uh, uh, before I forget, I yeah, yes, my, uh, my, last name, my last name is pronounced Zunes. Zunes, I'm sorry. Oh, no boy. Problem. Oh, well, I, I'm sure this is not the first time, but I'll fix that from here on out. Uh, so fighting ISIS, you know, it seems to me that has been at least our goal for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And, and the impression I've had uh, was that uh, uh, Russia, Iran, and Syria have been working together to defeat ISIS. And yep. ma- many... F- well, yes and no. I mean, obviously they want to defeat ISIS, uh, but uh, the, the bulk, and, and they have uh, battled them uh, in Palmyra and some other parts of the, uh, of the country, Though uh, they, they they generally uh, put most of their uh, focus on on fighting uh, other other rebel groups, uh, in in part uh, because you know they know that there are uh, other forces fighting ISIS, but also I, I um, in, in in kind of a perverse strategic logic, uh, the more extreme uh, the opposition is, uh, the more the less likely there's going to be pressure on the uh, on the Syrian regime uh, that. Um, Indeed, uh, the, 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 much of the population uh, that uh, was very much anti-Assad in the uh, uprising in, in 2011 
uh, you know, come to come to believe that uh, given the choice between the two, uh, they'll take Assad. <laughs> and so, yeah, was... in certain ways, it, it's to um, Assad's advantage to uh, make to 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 ensure that the 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 main opposition remaining uh, is is ISIS and focus on 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 attacking uh-huh. uh, you know, some of the uh, the more uh, moderate rebel groups. But uh, what, what's also uh, a little, uh, we should also remind listeners is uh, that uh, while I would argue that the United States, unlike some parts of the world, is not the primary uh, cause of the um, uh, of, of the carnage uh, in, in in Syria, right. uh, ISIS is very much a direct result of U.S. policy. Oh, yeah. uh, virtually all the leadership, both uh, military and civilian of ISIS, are Iraqis who were radicalized as a direct impact uh, of a direct result of the U.S. invasion and occupation and counterinsurgency war uh, uh, in Iraq. Uh, the, uh, you know, much of the leaders were people who uh, survived Abu Ghraib and other uh, prisons where, where they uh, were tortured and abused by uh, American occupation uh, forces. These are sure. the people who lost you know, family members uh, during uh, the bloody uh, fighting uh, during and after the U.S. invasion. Uh, there's no question that uh, if, if it were not for the uh, U.S. invasion occupation of Iraq, there would not be an ISIS. Yeah. And though, there again, there would still be a civil war uh, in, in Syria mm. uh, regardless. ISIS has been very much of a complicating uh, factor, uh, which has you know, spread its terror uh, in, uh, in, 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 part, in the parts of uh, Syria and uh, Iraq that it controls. And, of course, all the people who are dying in the, in the fighting to uh, rid uh, this area of ISIS, not to mention uh, the victims of ISIS-inspired uh, terror attacks mm-hmm. elsewhere in the Middle East uh, and, and in Europe. So... Um, this is an area I think really really need to 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 uh, to uh, think about, uh, given that the United States, uh, if you go back to the uh, Gulf War of 1991, we've uh-huh. been uh, you know, bombing uh, the Middle East on and off for 26 years, yeah. uh, and we just seem to be creating uh, more and more extremists, more and more terrorists, more and more instability. And I really don't think uh, can, uh, bombing even more is gonna <laughs> is gonna make a positive difference. Yeah, something about the uh, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. What I mean, I, I, as you were talking, I was I was reminded of Cambodia back when the U.S. was supporting the uh, a government that we installed of Law and Null. Yeah, Law and Null, uh, brutally repressive military regime. And we were supporting him, and there was this Kissinger-run carpet bombing, absolute terror bombing of these people who, you know, you know, wouldn't be called the first world people, that really created the Khmer Rouge in direct reaction to Again, they're... Brutal, Khmer Rouge. Khmer were a, a, a tiny, uh, pretty insignificant uh, group until the uh, um, yeah. U.S. installed Law Knoll and, and began mm. the, the terror bombing. Uh, which um, uh, devastated the countryside and and, and gave rise to uh, this fanatic group that ended up taking over uh, the country and yeah. and, uh, and and the killing fields and other atrocities that followed. Well, I, and that makes me wonder now. Okay, with the U.S. as you know, you know the American people may not be aware of the twenty some years of of you know military involvement, but the people in Syria are. And now that there's been, I mean, they see what. Assad is. They see the incredible destruction that Assad has, has caused on so many people. They don't like that, I wouldn't think, obviously. But now what are they? I mean, is this latest attack 
going to play right into ISIS's hands? Like, you know, we've seen so many times before that we end up recruiting. I mean, we, I, I certainly, I mean, there's yeah. no question that, 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 that the Iraq war really created ISIS. What's going to do I this? Mean, g- it, 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 I mean, let's, let's look at, look at the, uh, our, our history, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Syria, uh, that uh, we, we, we've gone hot and cold. We've, no. we, uh, initially, we've supported at various times their intervention in Libya, uh, sorry, in Lebanon, when, uh, when they were going after uh, various groups we didn't like. Uh, like the PLO, like the leftist uh, Lebanese uh, uh-huh. national movement, and uh, and like uh, you know, General Aoun when he he briefly uh, seized power in the early nineties. But then we've used their role in Lebanon as an excuse uh, to to uh, to to demonize them. Uh, we pushed through the uh, Syria Accountability Act, which was uh, hmm. incredibly hypocritical. Um, you know, citing UN resolutions about no foreign troops in Lebanon that were written about Israel that we never, ever challenged Israel for violating, but suddenly was an excuse to impose severe sanctions on Syria. Uh, we rejected Syria's call, uh, even though they are supported by a number of pro-Western uh, governments, uh, including, uh, including uh, Jordan, uh, to, uh, uh, to fulfill uh, the, uh, the section of UN, resolution, uh, UN Security Council Resolution 687 to create a uh, weapons of mass destruction free zone for the entire uh, you know, Middle East. Um, but we instead insisted that uh, um, Syria unilaterally uh, disarm you know, their um, chemical weapons while leaving Israel's chemical weapons and Egypt's chemical weapons intact. They unilaterally get rid of their um, uh, their, their missiles, uh, while Turkey, Saudi Arabia, uh, Israel, others had even more sophisticated missiles. I mean, these we, we, we've unfairly singled out uh, Syria uh, for years, and of course that has fed right into um, you know, Assad's uh, nationalist uh, um, uh, rhetoric, uh, as well as, sure. as those of, of, uh, of Islamists. And to top it off, in 2007, when Assad sued for peace with Israel, saying he would recognize Israel, have formal diplomatic relations, normal economic relationships, uh, you know, uh, uh, demilitarize the border regions, bring in all these uh, international peacekeeping forces, et cetera, et cetera, in return for uh, Israel withdrawing from occupied Syrian territory in the southwestern uh, part of the country, in the Golan province. Wow. Um, the, that while the Israelis were considering it, the Bush administration, in the words of Condoleezza Rice, told them, don't even think about it. And we, we pressured, successfully pressured Israel not to uh, respond positively to uh, his peace overtures, the reason being that we didn't want to uh, increase uh, uh, Assad's standing uh, with the Syrian people. <laughs> I mean, the, the, our yeah. history uh, with, with, with Syria has is, is, uh, been, uh, again, this doesn't justify any of the terrible things that right. Assad has done, much less, you know, of the various radical Islamist groups, but... Um, yeah, the, the 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 fact that, uh, that that the United States has pursued the kind of policy it has, not to mention uh, invading Iraq uh, and supporting uh, Israel's uh, war crimes, and they bomb uh, heavily populated uh, urban areas. Um, you know, it really, we do not have any kind of uh, moral standing uh, to suddenly get self righteous about international law and war crimes and uh, um, and chemical weapons and. Uh, and civilian casualties. I mean, this this kind of thing, uh, because because every Syrian knows this, and uh, so, so therefore assumes any action the uh, the United States uh, takes 
uh, you know, e- even if by some measures some, some could find it uh, 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 defensible or reasonable, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, given this history, uh, the Syrians uh, would see it uh, as yet another act of U.S. imperialism. Yeah, there's been uh, quite a bit of that. You don't, I can't imagine a lot of people, you know, average people in Syria waving the American flag right around these days. I don't know. Exactly. You know, even, even though they may hate Assad, even though they, they may hate ISIS, they uh, do not trust the United States to well, be their, their liberators. We may not know history, but they know the history. They exactly, certainly do. Exactly. You know, the, the idea of, of wars for domination, it sounds so old-fashioned. So the new and improved justification is what's been called humanitarian intervention or responsibility to protect. Its prime advocate, of course, was Obama's U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Samantha Power, who we could talk about, Mm -hmm. but we don't need to. The phrase sounds so good, humanitarian intervention, like America used to be perceived in the world, maybe, but critics see it uh, as only designed for domestic consumption. What do you know about this phrase, humanitarian intervention, as it, as it uh, relates I mean, to this I mean, area? I mean, on the one hand, you know, one can you know, make, a, uh, make, make a moral, and even a legal case under the Genocide Treaty, yeah. uh, that, um, you know, that, some, that uh, some kind of, uh, of military force can be justified to, um, uh, to, to prevent, uh, to stop uh, large-scale uh, crimes against uh, humanity. Right. Uh, the right. problem, though, is uh, that uh, um, if such actions are, are to take place, that they need to be you know, uh, legally based through the United Nations. Not, no single power like the United States has a right to uh, determine that uh, um, uh, unilaterally. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it also <laughs> needs to be you know, uh, you know, limited to um, you know, protecting civilian lives. And the problem with the Libya intervention, for example, was that yeah. the uh, UN Security Council, uh, with, with support and, and, and with the support of the Arab League, uh, called for a no-fly zone uh, to protect the uh, civilians uh, from uh, the feared uh, carnage of, uh, of, of Libyan uh, airstrikes. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, the NATO uh, took this authorization and ran with it and essentially became the Air Force for the rebels, which was far beyond Oops. the mandate of the uh, of the uh, um, uh, of the Security Council. I think one reason that that Russia and China have been vetoing uh, what I consider fairly modest and reasonable uh, UN uh, resolutions regarding Syria is that because they they they've seen that oh if we give them an inch they're going to take a yard <laughs> and they're going to um um and 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 going to go um. And, and justify a, a full-scale war about it. And uh, the the, uh, the other thing, of course, is that uh, you know, one of the dilemmas is that among the um, few countries that have the uh, power projection to engage in this kind of uh, uh, so-called responsibility to protect are countries that have supported some of those brutal uh, genocidal uh, governments out there. I mean, I, I remember challenging uh, former um, uh, Australian uh, you know, foreign um, Minister Gareth Evans, who many people see as the intellectual architect of, of R2P, when he justified the intervention in Libya, uh, you know, pointing out that when he start, first started calling for intervention, uh, the Libyan government had killed uh, less than 500 civilians, but as um, 
as, as foreign minister. He supported unconditional uh, military aid and training for the Indonesian government, which had uh, met, uh, been responsible for the deaths of 200,000 East Timorese um, uh, 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 civilians. He was the only uh, his, mm-hmm. the only government that recognized Indonesian sovereignty over that uh, uh, over in East Timor, and he systematically lied about and covered up for Indonesian atrocities. And at that point, and believe it or not, this is in front of a big conference in, in Melbourne, he came over, um, tore off my conference badge, threatened to punch me in the effing face. Oh, my. And uh, yeah, I guess you know, he had a responsibility to protect his reputation or something. But, you know, there's this, there's this clear double standard out there uh, that you see in a lot of Western politicians. And, 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 uh, and uh, that, that, again, makes it... Uh, you know, highly, highly questionable. You know whether this kind of you know, mm-hmm. lateral action is again based out of a sincere motivation to prevent war crimes, or whether again it's just an excuse for Western imperialism and a uh, yeah. a um, and to 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 uh, in which we use these very real human rights abuses by mm. certain uh, um, uh, dictators in the global south that we look the other way with when they're done by our preferred dictators. Ah, yes, humanitarian intervention in the eyes of the beholder, and it's obviously for domestic consumption. It sounds so much better than imperialism or, you know, world domination, stuff like that. What about the idea of safe haven areas protected by American jet fighters? That's been talked a little bit about, and it it sounds sort of attractive, but it sounds also a little dangerous if you look into that. Yeah, again, uh, it, it, um, it it's... Um, <clears throat> I haven't studied the uh, the proposals uh, in too much detail, so I really, really can't uh, can't say much about it. Um, I, I think in, in, there is precedent for that in the case of the uh, uh, Operation Provide Comfort uh, when Saddam Hussein was uh, in, engaged in that brutal military offensive against the Kurds uh, following the uh, Gulf War in 19. 19- Ninety-one. It was the uh, you know first time the um, United Nations Security Council had um, uh, you know basically limited uh, the ability of a government to deploy its troops inside its internationally recognized borders. Um, I don't you know, given the uh, uh, Russian support for the Syrian government. I don't think there's a way of legally establishing uh, that that kind of uh, thing. So again, if it was within uh, the uh, borders of Iraq, it would risk uh, you know confrontation with. Uh, um, with uh, Russians and, and 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 others, and of course we also saw how the um, the United States uh, abused the uh, no uh, uh, fly zone in, in Iraq. Uh, there there was no enforcement mechanism uh, to that uh, uh, UN resolution. Yet the United States uh, and Britain uh, decided that we could um, go ahead and enforce it unilaterally anyway. Yeah. And you may recall how throughout the 1990s the inter- the rules of engagement were loosened more and more. So that uh, any any pilot uh, who, who felt that they that uh, that uh, an Iraqi uh, uh, radar may have locked onto his planes mm. was therefore authorized to bomb almost any military or government facility anywhere in the country in response. I mean, it went way beyond. Again, uh, as with Libya, we went way beyond the mandate uh, by the uh, uh, the United Nations to use it as an excuse for aggressive military action, not just defending the rights of the people. Indeed, uh, in our various bombings, we probably and. Uh, uh, ended up, uh, you know, uh, killing um, uh, more 
uh, Kurdish you know, civilians uh, and, and and other Iraqi uh, you know civilians uh, than the uh, Iraqis did you know uh, subsequent to the uh, uh, imposition of the no-fly zone. So. Um, I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not, not again. It's one of those concepts that I'm not not opposed to in principle, but again, given our given the history of uh, of how these uh, you know very you know, these idealistic and, and, and good and reasonable sounding uh, uh, protections of civilians have gone in in recent years, I, I, I remain a little skeptical. Well, yeah, at least, you know, it, it, it'd be nice to have people who are actually making policy look into things like you're talking about here, you know, before they actually do it. You know, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't even admit that they don't know very much about the idea. It just sounds nice, safe haven, but boy, it can lead to a lot of problems, as you were just describing. Yeah, I mean, think of Somalia bringing in the Marines to help uh, get food to uh, starving uh, Somalis. That, right, that's pretty great. straightforward, right? Sure. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, again, often things end up being a lot more complicated uh, than, than than they than they sound. And um, and I, I so, so again, I I, I I can be convinced. I can be convinced that that there might be some situations where some kind of military force can be used for humanitarian purposes. I'm open-minded about it, but again, the the the, the history uh, makes me uh, pretty skeptical. Yeah, it's so, and it'd be good to learn from history. I would really like it if our governments would actually learn from history. But I mean, the lessons of Vietnam were so obvious, and yet we refuse to learn them. It's amazing to me. Uh, I, I wonder if this may have marked a point of no return for Trump's presidency or Steve Bannon's, whoever is really president. We do seem to have entered uncharted territory. It seems uh, perhaps hyperbolic to say that the future of humanity may be at stake on this, but maybe it is. I mean, the Russians clearly support Assad. Here we have, yeah. you know, just struck a match here. And, you know, I, I, I wonder, as I say, I grew up in the 50s when we had the Cold War. They're both sides, you know, the Russians, the U.S., we all got, you know, a lot of nuclear weapons. How? how yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, mean, this is, I mean, remember how, how hysterical the United States got about... Um, Central America in the 1980s, yes. referring to it as our backyard, oh, I know. and uh, and the minimal, the very small amount of um, uh, of Soviet influence, uh, right. uh, you know, led to us supporting you know, the the terrorist contras yes. of uh, mm-hmm. massive support of the uh, the brutal uh, Salvadoran junta and its mm-hmm. death squads, and mm-hmm. and looking the other way, and you know, as as uh, Rio Smolt and other Guatemalan dictators yeah. uh, in, engaged in a genocidal war against the uh, the, the Mayan people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but and 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 but but remember that uh, you know Middle East is geographically as close to Russia as Central America is to us. Uh, the the uh, their rival, the United States, really is involved in a very very uh, extensive way, far 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 more than the Soviets ever were in uh, in Latin America. And 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 so does it really surprise us that the uh, Syrians are supporting a brutal dictator slaughtering his own people in the name of their Jewish strategic interests? I mean, again, it's, it's you know, it, I mean, the, the thing is, is is that you know the, the big complaints you hear about Russia, which I think are valid, is that they are supporting a brutal dictatorship, uh, slaughtering their their own and people. Yes. That we are they're abusing their veto power in the United Nations. Mm-hmm. They are covering up for war crimes and and other atrocities, and they are you mm-hmm. know. Supplying the the, the uh, arms and other things that make possible uh, the slaughter. I mean, yeah, that's that's terrible. But 
But you know, look at it, look at our own history. It's not like we haven't done that ourselves, yeah. and in certain ways are still doing it. I mean, the Soviet, the Russians have used have used their veto power eight times at this point to block the United Nations from t- Security Council from taking any action and uh, in, in promoting peace in Syria or condemning the, the the Syrian regime for its atrocities. But the United States has used its veto power forty three times to um, uh, protect Israel uh, from, from criticism or to try to bring forward uh, a, a, a peaceful resolution to that conflict. Uh, so again, we're, we're, I, I, I think it's, it's important that, uh, on, on, on the one hand, that we uh, not uh, deny or rationalize right. for Russian policies, no, which really are, are, are terrible, uh, but uh, to not uh, you know, not to uh, you know pretend that that somehow uh, you know the that, that the United States has not done or is not doing uh, pursuing uh, similar policies elsewhere. Yeah, and we need to do what's realistic. Nobody, at least, nobody wants a nuclear war with Russia. And you know we we're stepping on their toes. And it's it you know uh, Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, saying that uh, relations between the U.S. and Russia at a historic low point. That is not. Good here. What about? Oh, no, 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 not at all. And uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of, you know, when, when you know, you know, though I, though I do think there probably is something to the, um, um, uh, uh, you know, to to the the, the suspicion that uh, uh, Russia interfered in the election. I think it's a valid uh, uh, space of inquiry. I never really assumed that uh, Trump and 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 Putin would be buddy buddies given given their strong personalities and uh, uh, impulsive behavior. Yeah. I figured something sooner or later would come along that yeah. would uh, uh, <laughs> lead them to go their separate ways in a very dramatic fashion. And we're, we're, we we sure are are seeing that right now. Boy, I'm reminded of, of two little boys, you know, both of whom are you know really headstrong and you know bragging and showing off. Eventually, they're probably going to fight about it and, and compete. You're right about that. If you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. We're talking with Stephen Zunis. We're talking about Syria and what's really going on there. And, you know, there's the U.S., there's Russia. There's also in the region uh, the Saudis. They're the big powerhouse of the neighborhood. What, what yeah, about they, they have been supporting some of them, uh, not ISIS, but some of the uh, wow. uh, other uh, hardline Islamist groups. Uh, you know, they have really kind of they 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 played a major role in in making the uh, uh the what what had been a popular broad based uprising against Assad into uh, more and more of a, a sectarian uh kind of conflict yeah. you know, imposing their hardline uh, salafist uh ideology and they have the you know thanks to uh to uh, you know petrodollars um oh, you know yeah. from our uh, our you know heavy use of uh, of oil <laughs> uh they got the money and, and thanks to all the arms that we we sell to that uh, country uh, every year, uh, they have the arms, and uh, they've been able to to pass these on to these hardline Islamists. And and this is just the thing that uh, even though the amount of U.S. arms sent to rebel groups directly is actually pretty small, uh, given that uh, the, you know, the Turks, the Qataris, and Saudis have been sending in arms, and those are mostly a U.S. manufacturer, and given that ISIS was able to capture a huge amount of uh, U.S.-made arms uh, uh, from uh, northern Iraq when they seized that area, uh-huh. let's remember that the vast majority of arms uh, that, that uh, are, 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 are um, uh, used being used uh, you know, in this conflict by these very extremist groups that we are supposedly concerned about are of U.S. origin. And I guess another uh, reason we should be 
uh, I think there should be more attention uh, given to the uh, arms trade and the role the United States has has in, in uh, uh, supplying the means that have uh, killed so many people. Yeah, but those arms companies are so profitable, and they're donating so much to members of Congress. We can't really do anything about that, of course. What what happens if Assad does fall? What happens to Syria? What happens to the region? I, I don't see it happening very soon, but but, but your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it depends on how he, how he falls. I mean, I, uh, you know, if... Uh if by some you know, miracle there is some kind of a uh, negotiated settlement and there is a uh, some kind of a broad coalition government that comes to power followed by free elections or whatever, that'd be, nice. that'd be a very very good thing. Yes. But, uh, again, I, I I don't see that that happening. Uh, he's in a fairly strong position, um, you know, uh, uh, militarily right now, um, and uh, unless the U.S. you know <laughs> got involved wholesale. I, I don't see that uh, in trying to overthrow him. I don't don't see that happening. But but you know, if he was overthrown tomorrow, I think it, again it would be um, um, it could be a, a very very difficult situation yeah. uh, in terms of the uh, the, the uh, various armed uh, rebel factions uh, vying for uh, power. And again, most of these are are, are, are pretty nasty groups. I should also mention that uh, one thing, one reason Assad has been able to hold on uh, so long, mm. uh, why he wasn't toppled in the initial nonviolent wave, you know, like uh, like Mubarak and Bin Ali yeah. uh, were, or he wasn't toppled in the initial armed uh, uh, wave uh, as as Gaddafi was, yeah. was that uh, you know, th- in those other three cases, there, it was kind of more or less one man rule. Um, and uh, and they'd lost all three leaders had lost the support of the vast majority of their population. Oh. Um, the situation here is somewhat different in that uh, you know Assad is obviously the supreme leader. Uh, it's more uh, more of an oligarchy. It's more of a uh-huh. um, of a situation where you have um, uh, you know you have the military is, is a very very strong actor in and of itself. As is the Ba'ath Party, which has ruled the country for uh, many many decades. He's cultivated a crony capitalist class. I mean, the only way he liberalized from his father was economically. I mean, he would have made the IMF proud, but in the, <laughs> in the process, you know, he has um, um, ended up. Um, uh, you know, creating a, 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 an economic elite that's very much tied to the regime, who happen to be mostly Sunni. Not to mention the fact that, as an Alawite, he has gotten uh, the various minority groups, as fellow Alawites, as well as Christians, Jews, Shias, to see him as the bulwark against the, uh, yeah. uh, the, the Sunni extremist. So all in all, you know, he, he, uh, he, he has a stronger social base. I would argue that it's a minority, but it's a fairly sizable minority. And whether you use armed struggle or nonviolent resistance, it's harder to uh, overthrow a dictator that has uh, support of maybe uh, 30 or 40 percent of the population than you would of somebody who has yeah. support of maybe 10 to 12 percent of the population. Yeah, that's a good point. That's really uh, a big difference between, I wondered about, uh, you know, Egypt and the other uh, Arab Spring uprising. Yeah, it, it, all right, if indeed Assad is using poison gas to kill his own people, as it sure looks like he is, and Russia has actually either turned, you know, turned his cheek and looked away from it, or possibly even supporting it, what would be a more realistic, more productive approach? I mean, part of the idea of protecting people, a humanitarian effort, is to uh, encourage refugees to come to America, but we're not doing that. But what else? What else could be done? Do you think realistically? I think the humanitarian thing, of course, is, is the uh, 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 you know, it's immediate uh, thing. Of course, uh, I mean, again, Trump's idea claims he support is concerned about uh, you know Syrian children or whatever. Given that he's doing his best to prevent any of them from coming to the United mm-hmm. States, and not to mention the fact he has he has, has this proposed budget virtually eliminates virtually all 
foreign uh, U.S. foreign aid to support uh, refugee relief. Yeah. Um, that that we really need to uh, put a lot more into the humanitarian uh, refugee side of things. But more, but but in a more immediate, uh, um, but in terms of, of of the conflict itself. There's not a whole lot we can do. I mean, I think there's a tendency on both the left and the right to sometimes uh, uh, assume that the United States has more power, either for good or for ill, than it does. Um, and uh, so, you know, so I, I think, as horrible as it is, I think sometimes we have to swallow pride uh, <laughs> and say, you know, yeah, there are there are limits to American power and what 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 uh, what can be done. But I think in the longer term, you know, or in the shorter term. Any, anything to get a, as, as a widespread a ceasefire in as many parts of the country as possible, obviously, would be the first priority. And, and, and ultimately, I, I think if, if there were areas of the country that were relatively peaceful and self-governing, you know, we could see the reemergence of the, uh, the, the, the very powerful, inspiring, and progressive civil society movement that originally uh, rose up uh-huh. in 2011. We can't just leave it to the men with guns. You know, it really has to be uh, uh, something that is representative of the Syrian uh, people uh, as a whole. Uh, but unfortunately, most people who are involved in that uh, courageous uh, civil society movement are either uh, are either dead or or, or, or languishing in, in a Syrian prison or in, in exile or just uh, or just pretty much uh, laying low and trying to keep their families alive mm. in the midst of the horror. Well, I, you know, it's like we have to do something. There has to be something done. But, but, but it can't, you know, it can't be just the U.S. It just exactly. Be. That's the other thing that that uh, um, this really needs to be a uh, a multilateral effort. And I think the uh, credibility of the United States in being an actor and being able to bring in the Russians, bring in others. Uh, has a lot to do with taking a more consistent stance towards human rights, <laughs> uh, towards arms controls, towards international law. You know, something that uh, we able to do up to this time. Uh, it's exceedingly difficult. It's exceedingly complicated. What what can people do if they're interested? You know, people don't want to just do nothing about this. I mean, the image of the gassed babies it motivated Trump. Uh, what what can people do? Are, are there websites, organizations? What what do you think? Well, I mean, I mean certainly there there are you know uh, humanitarian uh, you know groups, you know Oxfam and others that I are guess. doing. Uh, Refugee relief, but what I would encourage is, is to try to, uh, um, you know, to, to, to work, with, uh, get in touch with uh, groups that uh, um, that, that, that work with the, uh, the what remnants there are of the uh, uh, pro-democracy, non-violent civil society movement. This group called Friends for a Nonviolent World, oh. uh, based in uh, Twin Cities, uh, Minnesota, uh, that that I, I've been particularly uh, uh, impressed with, and. Um, and, and and try to uh, listen to um, listen to Syrian voices and avoid the tendency to sort of immediately jump into our uh, our you know our, our nice comfortable um, ideo- ideological uh, mm. preconceptions and uh, and recognize the the complexity of the, the situations and, and do our best to um, uh, you know uh, listen to to the voices of the Syrian people. What a concept! Listening to the local people, boy, imagine that. Stephen Zunis, thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you, is there a website uh, you can play? Sure, yeah, my my website is including some articles on on Syria, um, and and also my email address so for contacting me uh, can be found on my website, which is www.stephenzunis.org. That's S T E P H E N Z U N E S. Thank you so much for uh, being with us today, and uh, maybe some good will come out of this. I'm a little bit nervous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kill, 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 kill,
second fiddle. 